It's always game day Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. You can be a part of the show at game day CLE. So there was a lot of talk at OTAs that I, I don't know that mainstream media was it was jumping into. I did see a couple headlines about special teams, but you know all the coordinators spoke, and there were a lot of big headlines that came out that that probably I shouldn't say big headlines because we're we're talking about it here, but there were some stories that kind of were underneath the surface, and one is the reshaping of what we're talking about when it comes to special teams. I mean, Mike Prefer's got to work with what he's got in front of him. He doesn't have the luxury, I think, sometimes of being able to maneuver the players that he's going to get on special teams, but he was pretty pumped about having a kicker. Well, I, look, I mean, he he's pumped because his entire special teams unit basically got overhauled, right? Punter, kicker, and uh, their returner. So naturally, Mike Prefer was in a great mood yesterday uh, and, and wanting to talk, but yeah, I mean, he's – He's pumped that uh, they were able to get Cade York in the fourth round. He joked about how he had tears of joy. Uh, he wouldn't confirm or deny whether or not he, uh, you know, he he cried uh, when they drafted York. But you know, he did speak about the trade that Andrew Berry made in the fourth round. They traded their second fourth round pick, and that's when he really felt that they were going to go ahead and be able to get uh, Cade York before somebody swooped in and grabbed him. Uh, uh, you know, he has, we've yet to see any live kicking or punting in Berea that has been taking place down in first energy stadium. Part of the reason has been, uh, as we've uh, mentioned before, they put in new practice fields. So the uprights really haven't been available. The other part of it too is, is Kate York's the only kicker they have. And so they don't want to wear him out and have him kick too much. So, um, but yeah, Prefer can hardly contain his excitement because he's got uh, Cade York in the fold to kick field goals for him. Plus, he still has Charlie Hewlett, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> the team's yeah. log snapper, who is probably the most underrated guy of the team. I, it's yeah. it's hard to believe he's been here since 2014. He's been in the league 10 years already. Is that uh, crazy? Him and Joel Batonio are the longest tenured Cleveland Browns. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the it, it, look. Kickers, punters, long snappers, those core specialists, you don't really appreciate them until you need them, right? Uh, oh, you <laughs> don't notice them most of the time until they make a mistake either. Exactly. So uh, hopefully the, the the mistakes will be uh, few and far between. But, uh, yeah, Prefer's really excited, not just about Cade York, but the, you know what Jakeem Grant's going to be able to bring to the return game. This is a guy that made the Pro Bowl uh, with the Chicago Bears. Uh, we didn't see him yesterday. We saw him at the uh, the first OTA availability uh, the previous week. This is all voluntary. Kevin Stefanski continuously reminds us anytime we take attendance and we ask him about guys that aren't there. He's like, well, this is voluntary. And, uh, you know, the, the players are allowed to come and go as they please. And I think and we have kind of seen that, uh, you know, guys, uh, you know, Miles Garrett wasn't there uh, last week. He was there. Uh, on Wednesday type thing. So, um, but yeah, this the core special teamers there outside of Charlie Hewlett, uh, punter, kicker, returner, all swapped out, all upgraded by Andrew Berry this offseason. Uh, much needed, obviously, because his prefer has not been shy about talking about, and that is just the, they didn't perform up to expectations last year. They were consistently inconsistent in that phase of the game. Uh, last couple of years, they failed to find any type of spark in the return game. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, Mike Prefer has a lot of reasons to be uh, excited. And, and same with um, 
you know, uh, Alex Van Pelt and even Joe Woods um, uh, as well because it's been a very busy offseason of uh, tweaking this roster. You know, you talked about who was there and who wasn't there, and it's been a good chance for the offensive line. Uh, You know, I talked about getting backup time for Jacoby Brissett, but, you know, when you have some of your veterans who aren't there on your offensive line, you know, guys like uh, Blake Hance or Michael Dunn, um, they're getting the opportunity to play on regular reps during this OTAs because some of the older veterans are not in on the offensive line. So I do think well, Conklin's that's still reco- you know Conklin's Re- yeah, still recovering, and then Chris and and, and yeah. you know Joe Batonio is you know he's got kids at home, so he's he, he's enjoying some, some family time. So and again, Kevin Stefanski reminds us it's all all voluntary. Technically, they don't have to be there. So. Um, I, I know that there's a, l- a little controversy in Baltimore because Lamar Jackson, I guess, wasn't at some OTAs or whatnot. Right. And, and it, it would certainly be a headline if Deshaun Watson wasn't attending OTAs. Um, but he's obviously here and, and getting the reps and, and you know getting himself uh, ready to go. But it is voluntary. It doesn't become mandatory until that second week of June when they have that, uh, that veteran minicamp. Daryl, David Njoku signed his new deal this week, and I, my biggest question is, is how will Kevin Stefanski view tight ends moving forward? How will he view that position? Do they start to, you know, rely on Njoku a little bit more? Does Harrison Bryant – see, like, I'm just – he, to me – and I love the tight end position, so I just noticed this more than ever, that as much as I love the tight end, I thought we were overkill on the tight end, especially with yeah. the three tight end set. And that they there was just too much last year, and I'm wondering if this just puts a spotlight on Njoku, and you know really gives the opportunity to a guy who got paid for what they still think he can do, which I I, I still find fascinating because normally you get paid for what you did, he's yeah. getting paid for what they think he can do, and I think sometimes we forget he was only 19 when he came into the league. Um, yeah, and and the contract is a projection of of where they think he's going because this isn't a knock against David. Um, I have tremendous respect for the growth uh, that he has had in his time here uh, as a player, both on the field as well as off the field. And I've not been uh, shy about <clears throat> my criticism early in his career. I didn't think his work ethic was where it needed to be. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I didn't like what I observed in practice and how he w- went about his business. But the last couple of years, like he has really – turned into a a consummate professional uh, during practice and working on his game. And and you see it on the field, but it's clear now they're going to feature him now. Um, It's fair to say that David Njoku was not a feature of the offense. He was an option in the offense, if that makes sense. There's a difference there. Totally get it. And so now that they're paying him what they're paying him, He's going to be featured. Like, he is going to be a cornerstone of this offense. I I look for him to get more opportunities on third down, more opportunities in the red zone, back corner of the end zone, back line in the end zone, using his athleticism, his physique, his, his vertical leaping ability that he has, using all those tools. Uh, to, to put yards in, in in the box score and points on the scoreboard, I think we're going to start to see that more and more. Uh, and if we don't, shame on the Browns because then you're just basically flushing $14-plus million a year by not using a guy. So I, I think that's going to be the change. I, I, you know, I, I don't 
obviously Najoku's going to continue to refine his game and grow as a player. And he talked yesterday about just how much he learned to love blocking and how much he loves being able to hit guys now and, 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 and that. Uh, and how important that is to his game. But he's going to get more opportunities to catch the football, make plays, score touchdowns, because, quite frankly, that's what they're they're paying him to do. How will Kevin Stefanski look at the tight end position, though? I still – I like, to me, that's – and I hope that what you're saying is right, that they now – that they look at David Njoku like you can look at Travis Kelsey or you can look at, uh, you know, some of the other great tight ends around the league, that you've got a guy that could be your go-to guy. I think – I want to. I don't want to connect the dots, but I'm still trying to figure out why it feels like he's underachieved. And I, I and you talking about the maturity process there, I think is is enlightening for folks that have just haven't really thought about that along the way. I know it's it's enlightening for me to kind of hear. Okay, yeah, you know what you do. I remember he was 19 and that he was getting older, yep. and that or now that he's getting older, he's in a position where he's going to be there. Um, I, you know, I, I think you have to look at Ninjoku as your right now your he's second your best receiver one. on the team. Yeah. Is he your second best receiver on the team? And then that leads me to my next question for you is, um, you know, I saw some video of David Bell and I thought that he looked good uh, at camp too. Is this kid a special kid? Is he going to be, you know, an impact player as a rookie? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I I don't know if he's a special kid, um, but you can see why the Browns were just head over heels thrilled that they were able to draft him in the third round out of Purdue. Uh, he's got great hands. He catches everything that's thrown to him, runs uh, clean, crisp routes. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think obviously Amari Cooper's your number one. Right. Njoku's probably, to your point, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's tight end one, but probably your number two. I, David Bell's going to get an opportunity. You're going to see a. I'm telling you, man. Uh, you're going to see Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think he could, he has the potential to have a breakout year. Anthony Schwartz. That's why this conversation and and I have been saying for weeks and months. And look, there's a reason I say things that I say. <laughs> there's right. a method to the madness. And um, you know, every time I get getting asked about are they bringing in a veteran to be a number two receiver, I'm like, no. They're not because they've yeah, got the guys they that they they've got the guys that they really believe in and they feel like they want to use. And then if they go through this season and find out that one of these guys can't do the job or not up to the task or can't give them what they then they'll they'll make another they'll make change the appropriate changes. But you know they've got young kids that they want to give these opportunities to because they believe they've got the talent to do it. So. Yeah, and I think that's all the more reason that David Njoku is going to get even more opportunities. Look, we saw in the postseason the most success these offenses, these high flying offenses that we saw during the playoffs, a lot of three wide receiver sets. And if what I am seeing in OTAs happens during the season, Browns fans are going to be very happy. <laughs> you, you know, the, the, the jumbo three tight end, th- you know, 13 personnel and that I, I don't think is going to be as prevalent as we've seen in the first two years. I'm and, good with it once or twice during the season. I, you know, it's like, oh, right. look at that. Oh, that's cute. And that, but I don't really need to see it on a consistent yeah, basis. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be the staple that it's been. So yeah, okay. um, I, I think that fans are going to like what Kevin Stefanski is cooking up. I just, I'm cautious. I don't want to give too much away because I want to respect their process of, 
you know, playing with stuff and installation and things like that. But, um, yeah, it's it's very clear to me that Kevin Stefanski is has been willing to adapt. Let's just put it that way. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to hear from Miles Garrett, and Miles said some interesting things that uh, affect you know life here in the United States and things that have happened in his home state. And uh, we're going to get back into that. Plus, Miles has some other stuff. You know, we heard where the offense went with Deshaun Watson. The defense now is going to have a trip, thanks to him. So we're going to talk about that when we come back here in a second. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, then subscribe. Remember to subscribe. to It's always game day in Cleveland. Feel free to give us as many stars or whatever you want. And We're glad to have you be a part of the show. And if you want to be a part of the show, at game day CLE.